0: Small Business and Startup Stories, DSM, features conversations with small business owners who share both their victories and failures on their path to success. Small Business and Startup Stories, DSM, is produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. More tips and resources are available at dsmpartnership.com backslash small business. I'm your host, Christina Moffitt. Scott Carlson, welcome to Startup Stories. So tell us a little bit about Court Avenue Brewery and how it came to be.
1: Good question. Court Avenue Brewing Company. Actually, I was here in Des Moines working for uh, Knapp Properties, which had the Drake Diner, West End Diner, North End Diner. And Bill Knapp, the owner, wanted to do a brewery on the river called Schooners. And so there was some research done on that brewery. Um, and, the, and the information was available. So I kind of got to look at it and, and see it. He decided to abandon the idea, but he wanted to do it on the river right on 1st Street, right on Court Avenue. And okay. he wanted to put it on the river, like so on stilts. And he wanted to, he had a schooner, ship built uh, built or purchased and he wanted to go through the ship to go into the restaurant and hence called sch- sch- schooners um, he abandoned the idea but I thought it was great that Des Moines could have a brewery so when I was working for him I started doing some more research on breweries and if Iowa was viable and at the time the laws were really difficult to do a brewery um, but there was a group out of Kansas City that was coming and they wanted to uh, Find a location. Uh, I knew Court Avenue pretty well, so I kind of called them up. I lied. I said I was a Drake student. I was I was a Drake student by the time (laughs) I wasn't a Drake student. And I saw the the Des Moines Register had ran, ran an article saying there's a brewery group out of Kansas City that are interested in coming to Des Moines. So I called the register and I said, hey, I'm a student. I would like to do some research and maybe a paper on an emerging business coming new to Des Moines, and would you give me the contact information as a Drake student? And they did. Of course, I was no longer a Drake student. <laughs> and so I called those guys in Kansas City called Casey Hops and they hired me to open up Court Avenue Brewing Company. So it was kind of a great, great union. And then those guys ended up leaving the, the uh, group of investors within a year, and I stayed with the, the company at that time.
0: Okay, and so, what year was that?
1: 1996. Okay, I was 26 so years old.
0: 26 years old, just out, basically kind of out of college, feeling your way. Oh, and the yeah. first, tr- the truth, First brewery. Yeah, we were the first brew
1: pub in Des Moines for sure, and there was, uh, there still is. The oldest brew pub is in is called Front Street. It's in Davenport. Okay, so we're the second brew pub, and there's a couple of brew pubs. Old Depot was out in Adele that had closed. Um, Babes actually, the uh, Babes Restaurant kind of became a brewery for a very short while, but didn't make it. So, you know, we were kind of the first ones that kind of stuck.
0: So, stepping into the brewery piece of it, you kind of knew the back end of the restaurants, it sounds like. Correct. How did you really find um, information? You mentioned the group from Kansas City, but you yourself, I mean, I know you're a guy that likes to research and find things. How did you come to like understand beer and know more about beer?
1: Great. You know, I mean, I'm a restaurant guy, right? So, operations is where I was. I managed the diners, so I knew that, you know, I knew, I knew food and how to manage volume. I grew up with a mother that was a chef. You know, we moved, we moved nine times before I graduated high school. You grew up twice. You wow. Know, so I got to eat great food and kind of experience great things. And, you know, I kind of grew up in wine. You know, we drank wine with dinner, kind of since I can remember. And I liked beer, right? I liked beer better than wine. And I liked beer better than liquor, especially when <laughs> I was younger. Um, and so it was just great to be able to see Des Moines start to kind of sprout, you know, at that time, you know, after the floods of 93. And uh, I, I figured, you know, I had drank some good beer. But not in, in a large quantity. So like I didn't. When I say like not large quantities, I didn't drink, but like lots of different kinds of beers. There still wasn't it was wasn't easy to go find a bunch of different kinds of varieties of beer. So I thought we had to, you know, if we had a brew pub, we could start to kind of explore and experiment on our own and then sure. kind of show it off to Des Moines. So really for me, it was a growing process yeah. through the whole thing, you know. So, you know, we actually got to build the brewery and we actually got to build out Court Avenue because it was all flooded from the, you know, from the 93 floods. Sure. And so it was a, it was not only a kind of a, a lesson in, in restaurant building, but also, Engineering, so we had to put the brew house together. No one, there was no knowledge here in Des Moines about that, so we kind of had to do some research on how to put a brewery in. We worked with a company out of Canada that, that built our system, but also sent us the blueprints, you know. Wow. And we actually took out those big windows out in front and swung the tanks in, cut a big hole in the bar, dropped the tanks in the basement, you know, and we kind of knew what we were doing. <laughs> It's worked out pretty Fingers good. Fingers crossed it was going to work. We did. We did. And, you know, and at the time, you know, in 1996, you know, we could we, we could have those kind of times, right? I mean, breweries that open up now have to be good out of the gate, you know. Right. And I think we were good out of the gate, too. But the point is, we, you know, we had a little time to kind of get our feet beneath us. Right. You know, People didn't know really
0: brewery. what to expect. I mean, this was a whole new concept.
1: Correct. I and mean, we got to change, you know, our recipes, you know, over and over and over, kind of tweak them, you know, almost like you do with a new dish that you make. Yeah. You know, and that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So it was a great experience. I mean, I I. I Who doesn't like beer, right?
0: And you're still kind of the original. I mean, people come down there; they know Cabco, and you celebrated your was it your twentieth?
1: Yeah, well, we did twentieth a couple years ago. So yeah, we'll be twenty-two years this year. So you know, it's amazing. You know, in four more years, it'll be so
0: they're finally legal. Like your your baby is finally legal. We had our
1: twentieth party, and then we had our find a legal party when we turn 21, you know, saying we can finally grow up and drink our own beer. But, uh, (laughs) but no, it's been a great process. And, you know, one of the things we did learn here in Des Moines was you have to have great food, right? When we opened the brewery, we were a little disappointed, you know, and just that happy hour, like where's, where's happy hour, you know? And, and when I, I didn't grow up here in Des Moines and when I found out that people actually go home and mow their grass and help coach baseball and soccer and play catch and you know, go to. I'm like, why are you going home and not having beers, right? And right. so, I had to learn pretty quick that people want to eat. You know, yeah. in Des Moines and Iowans, Iowans like to eat, and if you give them great food, they'll certainly have a beer or two with dinner. So,
0: especially family friendly.
1: Correct. Kid yes. menus, the whole deal. You the know, whole thing.
0: I can, I can. So, going to college. I yep. mean, you 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 mentioned you're not from here. I know you came to go to Drake. Correct. As you were going to college, did you think you would go into the restaurant Absolutely. as a career? Yeah,
1: yeah. So I was okay. going to school out east um, for a hotel restaurant institutional management. Loved the restaurant parts, didn't really enjoy the hotel, didn't really want to do the institutional commissary, didn't want to run a cafeteria or a banquet facility or a prison, you know, whatever, sure. you, whatever you think commissary. Large, large food. And the hotels were great, but I just didn't see myself going down the hotel. I really wanted to own something at some time, and hotels seemed out of reach, don't a hotel. Um, and so restaurants seemed to be where I had my passion. Like I said, my mother was a chef, so I got to cook when I was growing up. And so I, not that I was a chef, but I got to have, I had a great palate, you know, kind of growing up. And so she was the one that always encouraged us to cook and try new things and eat things that we've never had before. And just, you know, as long as, as she used to always say, as long as it's cooked right, it'll taste good. If you, if it's cooked right and you do not like it, then you can move on.
0: Right. You know, that's great advice. You know,
1: so, uh, so she always was, always about doing it right. Julia Child was like her mentor, <laughs> right? I, I, my, my mother is still with us, got dementia, but I have her, uh, joy of cooking and it's signed by Julia Child. You know? Amazing. So was, she got to meet her a couple of times and, you know, it was just, just great. And she actually got to study my mother at the Court on Blue as well. So kind of oh, a awesome. nice, just a nice upbringing, you know, around food.
0: So you own more than Court Avenue. You've had a couple other concepts come that are doing phenomenal as well. Tell us about the other two restaurants that you own.
1: You know, we were pretty fortunate. We got Americana down by the Sculpture Garden downtown. Um, During that same time, we did the Iowa Craft Beer Tent, the Iowa State Fair. So I'm a concessionaire. That's one rung above a carny, I guess. Um, (laughs) And that became very popular at the Iowa State Fair. And then kind of got legs of its own, like one of those happy accidents. We knew we wanted to go to the fair, but then the the Iowa Arts Festival approached us. Mm Ragby approached us. Dennis Barbecue Blues Fest approached us. You know, we're doing an event this weekend for uh, in Cole's Commons for uh, St. Hoops Patrick's and Day, and then yeah. next weekend we're doing uh, NCAA hoops and hops. So the next two weekends we got that going. So that's kind of become a its own little business. That's and then great. and then after that we did Gilroy's, which is the old Eighth uh, Street uh, Jimmy's uh, location on Eighth Street in West Des Moines, and it's kind of a neighborhood joint with a big patio and pizza and comfort food and beer and. Moscow mules and, you know, things like that. So, you know, very, very fortunate, right? All the, all the concepts have been pretty nice. And, and, uh, the only reason I grew is I had good people that were, that were wanting to do more and they were kind of, uh, asking, you know, to grow and asking to be able to be a partner and do their, you know, do what they think is, you know, a great concept. So I was able to have, you know, that, that great team and and support them financially and intellectually and, Be a cheerleader and a coach. And uh, it's been great.
0: So, talk to us a little bit about how the themes came up for the restaurant, because I think they each have their own distinct theme to them. So, how how did they come about?
1: You know, Court Avenue was fairly simple. We were on Court Avenue. We were, you know, the, the building we're in is an old saddle and harness shop, you know, it was built in 1881. Um, breweries at the time a lot of breweries were just named after the location there Boulevard Brewing Company like in Kansas City if you just kind of Dock Street in Philadelphia you know so it just became that was and Court Avenue was a nice street as far as everybody knew what it was it's got great history Um, and so Court Avenue Brewing Company was was, uh, pretty easy uh, Americana, you know, you go, that's that's gonna be eight years this year. Um things change after twenty some years, would that have been twenty fifteen years later when we did when we did Americana that the longer names were no longer cliche. you know, like in, right? So Court Avenue Brewing Company is a mouthful. Yeah. And people call us Cabco all the time, you know, to, to keep it easy. So when we did Americana, it was an old auto dealership, you know, and so Chrysler was the dealership that left um uh, before that whole area closed, that used to be the Auto Mile of Des Moines, you know, okay. where Americana I did not is. Know that. And so um, we kind of wanted to do something to celebrate America, America, right? Kind of you know that, and we also wanted to kind of be uh, complementary to the the art outside, the Modern Art Sculpture Garden. And so we actually looked about. One of the ideas we did was called uh Burlesque Americana, and we were mm. going to kind of celebrate the the burlesque kind of American burlesque more than the French. Sure. Um, but we thought. Maybe Des Moines wasn't ready, maybe, a maybe 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 would hit not hit some audiences and hit others, you know, and that kind of stuff. So we dropped the burlesque part and just kept the Americana piece. Okay. And then we still were gonna do some of the burlesque art and then we ended up just finding some other things. You know, we had a guy that was gonna do, you know, painted those three panes we have in there for us. He was local. His name's Nappy. And then we did we blew up a little three by five photo we found of the Chrysler dealership inside oh, very cool. inside uh, Americana. And we blew it up to I think it's eight feet by 20 feet. Yeah, I didn't know? realize and that was so that the same is building. A, that is a picture of the dealership inside. So we just kind of celebrated things American, right, from yeah. that era. So if you look around, you see some Warhol prints. You see some Elvis prints, you know, that kind of came around at that time. So... And then we kind of made the, you know, where I would say Court Avenue is comfort food, you know, I would say Americana is contemporary comfort food, right? Mm -hmm. So we didn't want to, we we strayed still to what people understand in Iowa and what people want to come and and enjoy without having to think too hard, uh, but really enjoy the depth and character of what we have to offer. And so... Heavy steaks, you know Iowa, right? Yeah, and good good pork, you know Iowa, uh, also American, right? If you think about yeah. those things, and then the the menu kind of you know just kind of you know blossom from there. We have a great burger selection, you know, and that kind of stuff, but you know unique burgers and things like that. But also lots of easy food to eat too. So, you know, just a great and that's cocktail kind of culture. So yeah, you got Court is. Avenue Brewing Company, obviously craft beer, and we have Moscow Mules at Court Avenue Brewing Company, and then we got Americana that's really cocktail heavy. And we kind of went into Americana thinking there'd be a lot more wine sales. And we do sell uh-huh. a lot of wine, don't get me wrong. But we just thought with the art and then again, the, you know, the sculpture garden, we just kind of thought we'd have a, a higher, uh, wine clientele. And we learned, you know, the, the public teaches you quickly what yeah, they want and what, what they, they don't want.
0: They drive and, your uh, sales.
1: And they, they were cocktails. I mean, so we kind of shifted gear pretty quick, still have a great wine list, but, you know, really kind of go heavy into kind of craft cocktails. And we also carry Court Avenue's uh, um, ginger beer. So we make lots of Moscow mules there as well.
0: Amazing. So so, so and and Gilroy's has spun off. You took yeah, an old, Gil- old restaurant that was very famous. Johnny's.
1: Yeah, I used to bartend at Jimmy's yeah, when I was in college, Jimmy's. so I knew that I knew that uh, location for sure. Um, you know, actually, you know, we were looking for a while to buy a property. You okay. know, that actually had some parking and some accessibility. Um, and when Jimmy's came up, I saw the sign. It was just the guy that was on the building, kind of for sale by owner kind of sign. Um, and uh, we chatted with him. He was ready to sell. And we decided to renovate, you know, kind of renovate that building. But when I drove around the neighborhood, a lot of those homes are kind of like the post-World War II homes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as I parked my truck and then walked those neighborhoods to kind of see who they were, there was a lot of folks that were retired, and, and pretty far in the retirement, probably in their 70s, or they were brand new families, right, mm-hmm. you know, because I think, you know, people pass away, sell their house, sure. um, but all the all the yards, all all the houses were well taken care of, so I knew it was a good, neighbor, good neighborhood, mm-hmm. um, but there wasn't middle demographic. I didn't see many 40-somethings, you know what I mean, two or three kids. It seemed like it was new kids and then retired, so we kind of Made Gilroy's a neighborhood joint easy, cold beer, pizza, just really approachable atmosphere, good sized patio, lots of TVs, just because we knew our neighborhood, you know, probably wants to have something that they can come to comfortably, right? Yeah. And not make it a night out, but maybe come once or twice a week and enjoy their neighborhood restaurant. So it's kind of, you know, one of the one of the things we talked about prior to recording was concepts, and so there's lots of concepts out there. You don't have to be completely creative; you just kind of want to fit with what you think your neighborhood's going to be. Absolutely. You know? and so it's kind of adjusting. I think that's hard for lots of people. People have such an idea of what they want to do, and sometimes they'll cram it into a space that maybe isn't supporting maybe that particular uh, menu or. Maybe the lifestyle, or maybe the design, or the architecture. So it's nice if you can, you know, adjust your idea to be what your neighbor, what the neighbor wants. wants.
0: Yeah. I mean, they say most people drive. You know, they only drive like two miles to they, eat.
1: They don't go far.
0: They don't go far. So yeah. you really got to focus on that. I think that's yeah. a really good lesson learned. So tell us a little bit about you. Kind of started to dabble in it. You sure. know, your rest, your restaurant. You have amazing employees. Employees make or break you. They are your concept. So talk they to are. us a little bit about how you found these amazing employees how you keep them engaged because you have very long loyal employees with you and that's hard to find in the restaurant industry it is
1: it is. you know but it's not rocket science you know one of the things i've had that question a few times and if you hear the horror stories about restaurants you know (laughs) they fail always and lots of turnover and hard to manage and lots of stress and that's that's true right there's 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 parts of that that are true but that's not just like any business any business can fail if it's not run right any business is at risk if it doesn't if if it's not the right time or the right timing so people just there's lots of restaurants and People see them open and close, but there's many businesses that open and close you never heard of. So you know, restaurants aren't as risky as they sound. Although I think. Today they are a little more risky because there's so many, but uh, um, that's a whole different podcast, maybe, you know, <laughs> on the economy. But uh, you know, it's it's taking it's it's hiring people that you see see something in, right? So you know, I don't really hire for skill, like you know, I mean, obviously I want them to have the basic skills, but I'm not hiring them because they have you know tons of restaurant experience. I didn't hire them because you know they have this great culinary background. I mean, those those are needed, right? And they're expected. But what I'm hiring is people that you know I, I get along with, right? That I see some future in, right? That I can see making me better, you know, and not just you know not just making uh, what I want or what my vision is, but maybe what they want and what they have a vision for as well. And so, as I started to work with those folks and, and work together, and once I started to let go a little bit, you know, and not have so much control everything got better, right? right? Court Avenue got better. We started doing more things. Moscow mules arrived, right? Yeah. Because because we, we needed something that, that, that people would drink that was can-crafted, but not necessarily beer, you know, and that right. kind of stuff. Um, and so once we started to let people in, you know, and I could see them kind of grow and and have so many more successes than, than errors. And then if you talk about those errors afterwards, and maybe just say, "Hey, why why did you go this direction?" You know, sometimes even those errors become successes because you start to figure out why they went kind of down that road. And uh hence things like Americana, right? Right. Uh, Mike Utley was at Court Avenue Brewing Company and the brewery wasn't his dream, you know, it wasn't his thing, but he was really good with people, great with ambiance, you know, had certain great work qualities, right? right. hard worker and good with people and more stoic than me, right? So we're different people if you met Mike and you meet me. And he really wanted to do a different kind of restaurant. And so when when he I I kinda said, Well, go try, go go do what you want to do. And he unfortunately found out that it's hard to get financing it's hard to get you know negotiate you know it landlord is. leases and things like that and uh, he kind of came back and said, "Hey could we do it together maybe and you know could you help me maybe with some of the basics on you know ne- lease negotiation working with the banks and loans and things like that so we partnered up with Americana it was great right and, yeah. and you know I knew he had the passion I knew he was honest I knew he, I knew what kind of what direction he wanted to go I, I saw I saw value in all of those things and Americana has been great you know yeah. and it's really kind of Mike's Thing right, we talk about the food. We talk about the ambiance. We change the name. You know, we did some things, but really it was a it was a partnership, right? I didn't tell him to drop burlesque. I just suggested it, saying it (laughs) might might be a little harder to find all the audience that you may want for such a big space. You know, and that kind of stuff. And he's smart, so it wasn't like those 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 conversations were hard. We just had great conversations. And then you know, fast forward to. Um, the Iowa Craft Beer Tent, that was something I've been trying. I've been trying to get craft beer at the Iowa State Fair since Court Cordova opened in 1996. Right. And, and was just told, no, no, no more beer, no more beer, no more beer, no more beer. <laughs> and, uh, and I kind of understood why they were saying it, but I just was really frustrated we couldn't get Iowa beer at the Iowa State Fair. And I had the opportunity the same year we opened up Americana, the one time I did not go to the fair to actually <laughs> ask to do craft beer, and they called me. You and know? they call you. So the, you know, this is a good story because, of course, you say Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they said, we have a spot for you. And I didn't. And they told me where it was. And I, of course, I said, oh, I know where that is. I had no idea where it was. <laughs> and uh, and I, in my head, I was thinking, like, if you think of like a Barksdale's Cookies or if you think of a, you know, I just thought it was going to be a 15 foot wide by 15 foot deep. And I'd have four taps at Court Avenue Breer, And, yeah. you know, I'd be selling beer, standing there, literally standing there like on Farmer's Market, just selling beer. And when yeah. they showed me the spot, Ugh. and it was the hoop tent, and it was big, and it was a tough location in some ways, now a great location, um, you know, by the trash, you know, it was kind of stinky back there. <laughs> of course, I walk in and said, yeah, it's great, exactly where I thought it was going to be. <laughs> you, know, you, you know, like, we'll get this done, you know, because you have to be confident. Sometimes you, you just got to see it and then figure it out, right?
0: That's a big piece and, of it.
1: And we, we literally... Did not know what we were going to do. I remember calling the volunteer, and we didn't even know how we were going to run it. You know, volunteers actually came to us. I want to do this with you. I want, I've heard you were doing this. I'd love to be part of this thing. And so we ended up we run the crab beer town with a huge amount of volunteers. Believe it or not, it wouldn't really work within within how we do our system. So um, the first year we had a spreadsheet in the basement of the brewery, and people would call and say, "I'll work Tuesday at you know 11 o'clock to 7 o'clock," and I'd run down and put Christina Moffitt in that 11 o'clock. Oh, and then she called back, "Hey, I can't do Tuesday, but can I do Thursday?" And I'd scratch out Christina, move it over, you know. And just kind of, and I run up. I mean, I must have been up in those stairs a gazillion times, you know, you know, changing that spreadsheet. And then, of course, we'd bring that spreadsheet to the fair, Yeah, you know, and we kind of, now we do it online and it's better and
0: yeah. volunteer
1: local. Thank goodness people are creative and smart, you know, like volunteer local. And uh, it's been, you know, so it just became this kind of mushroom. Of, mm-hmm. of people you know and, and as you know as we're doing a podcast today it's the social media it's the people that get involved with you that it kind is. of spread the spread the story and spread the word Yeah, you know so it's been great
0: I want to talk a little bit more about that craft sure. brew tent because you know better together model oh, yeah. so it's not just Cabco beer for those people listening in that, yeah. that cannot physically see it or have not seen it talk to us about your industry I mean you really have gone out and brought a lot of the Iowa breweries together to make this thing happen
1: correct you know Um, part of it was necessity and part of it was passion right so when we saw how big the space was we quickly realized we court avenue brewery cannot you know make enough beer and certainly certainly in a short enough time we had they wanted us to do it they talked to me in may and wanted us to be in august right so uh, when we saw a space so we kind of started to reach out to other brewers and say hey we've got the space we'd like to make it you know the iowa craft beer tent um we'd like to have any iowa brewery you know, come. We're buying the beer. We're not asking for samples. We're not asking for a discount. We're not asking for, you know, we, just, we want you to come and, and be part of what, you know, I was all about. And the breweries were even a little bit like, well, where are you going to be? What's going to happen? You know? Yeah. And so, you know, it was, it, yeah, and I'd be skeptical too, if I was on the other side, because we had no idea. I couldn't give them any, I couldn't give them any kind of vision because I didn't have it yet. Right. Uh, we were going to actually have tap boxes. Can, I don't know if you can imagine, but literally like we are going to, we were going to put up, Four banger or two banger, you know, two head, four head uh, tap boxes and have each brewery stand there and, you know, kind of not really man, legally can't, but, but run their own yeah. with, with our volunteers, but design it. But then we started thinking that's going to be a nightmare, you know, how do we do that? And so as we grew, we, we, we rented some trucks the first couple of years because we had no money really for that project. And it went great. And the money we actually made in the first two years, so we had to answer your question, we had 36 taps, you wow. know. And so in that first uh, year, of the money we made, we start, we built our first truck, you know, and that has 48 taps. Wow! Right, and then we went and built another truck that has thirteen taps, and then we went and built another truck that has twenty taps. It's amazing. So now, when you come to the fair, there's just tons of beer. We have over 100, and, I think we had 160 different beers last year, so we can have every brewery that wants to come come, you know, in some sort of capacity. Um, and so now you can. And it's great because uh, the Iowa State Fair is Iowa, right? And right. people that come. And one of the things I learned, you know, if you go to a beer festival and you pay 50 bucks and you can drink unlimited samples you already like craft beer right so you're right. You're, you're just sharing your product with a very passionate group of folks S- smart business nothing wrong with doing that when we got to the fair the very first lady that came to me and you know, we have to the fair requires you to be open at nine so we had our beer tent open at nine we didn't think we have much business and we didn't and a lady came in a wheelchair and we're on wood chips mm-hmm. right and so it's hard to be in there you know in a wheelchair and uh she says, I've grown up, I'm 74 years old or 75 years old, she said, and I've never had anything but domestic beer, like mass domestic beer. I think you just drink Bush Light and get nothing wrong with Bush Light. She goes, but there's a couple of breweries in my neighborhood, you know, around my town and I would love to be able to at least go support them. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of, Pushed her around the wood chips the best I could. And we tried a couple of like Belgian whites. You know, think about blue moon and we tried a couple of Kolsch's, you know? Yeah. And, and she's like, I really like these. I could order these. So I wrote down, I said, you don't have to know the name of the beer you want. Just say you want something like a, like a blue moon, like a Belgian white, like a Kolsch, you know, just, uh-huh. just when you go to the brewery and they'll, they'll get you the right beer. And she came back the next year. Oh, i you know, not in a wheelchair anymore. So it was good. Yeah. And, and, uh, she said she now goes to her two breweries in town and, she likes them, and you know she's just so excited to be able to share. And she takes her girlfriends over, and they have a beer, you know, and play cards, you know, and that kind yeah. of stuff. So it's just so, so. So the Iowa State Fair brings you together, right? It makes the pie bigger. Mm-hmm. You're not just trying to carve out a piece of the pie; you're actually trying to you, you actually grow the pie. So to answer your question, kind of a long, long response. We've been very fortunate to grow the craft beer mo- movement through the Iowa Craft Beer Tent. Because people that come to see us aren't always crap beer drinkers. Right. I mean, the, the crap beer drinkers come find us. And that's wonderful. It's the They're,
0: education piece. And, and I do feel like Iowans want to support
1: they do. Iowans.
0: You they know, do. I mean, and as you've seen, I mean, we usually talk about what you've seen in your industry. I mean, you being the first, you've just seen this mass explosion. And I know that you've followed it. It's nationwide. It's happening oh, it everywhere. It is. Um, talk to us a little bit about the challenges, right? Because you've obviously got four different businesses going. Um. I usually like to kind of put this piece in there. As an entrepreneur, we show up everywhere, we smile, but there's a lot of stuff happening, kind of behind the scenes in our lives. Sure. So, any challenges you want to talk about? You know, the, um, it's would weird. Amazing.
1: You're right. The, there are challenges, right? And you know, I just talked to a group of uh, Drake students, and you know, some students said, "Oh, if you do what you love, it's never day work." I'm like, eh, "Not <laughs> true." I said, "Now, I love what I do, but it is work, right? Yeah. I mean, it's physically demanding, it's taxing, it's mentally demanding, it's mentally taxing." Now. I don't mind doing it. It's just not. It's just it's a kind of a misnomer to say that, you know, that's not work, you know. And one of the things I did tell Drake is I meet a lot of really smart people and I meet a lot of really hard working people. I don't meet very many hard working smart people. You know, that combination seems to be hard to find. So I always say, if you can work and you have some intellect, you're pretty golden, especially in, especially in business, in, in entrepreneurship. And if you meet entrepreneurs and you meet people that have businesses, you realize that that work is not a problem right there. They're, they're willing, willing to put the time in. And if they have the intellect and they have the passion for whatever they believe in, they're, they're really pretty successful. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's a pretty good combination. So as I've invested in some companies, that's what I look for too, is the, is that combination right there. But there are challenges. You know, um, one of the things that I, I, I miss a lot is once you get past two or three or four restaurants, and you know people have hundreds of them right is you start I, I lose some contact with my customer right mm-hmm. you know uh, I, I got in this business because I like people I mean, right. That's the only reason I got in the restaurant business is because I like people and I'm, if they're happy, i'm happy, you know happy wife, happy life, happy customer, <laughs> happy life right it's, it's very simple for me, and so I don't have as much interaction now with the customer themselves. So now my partners and my management team and my chefs and my servers and my staff and my bartenders and cocktailers and hosts, that's my customer almost, right? So mm-hmm. I spend time with them, trying to get them excited. But as you get to two, three, or four restaurants, it's even harder to touch them, you know, personally, right? I try to know their names. I try to know where they're coming from, what their passions are, but it gets more difficult. So the things that kind of bother me or keep me kind of up at night, I guess, is am I, am I making a difference in those lives, right? Am I right. Am I really... Doing what I wanted to do at the one time, you know, um, and the answer to the question, I don't know the answer, right? I don't, I, you know, I, I, I try to have, you know, a great relationship with all my people. You know, I try to care, but I'm sure I fail on a daily basis. And I've got a wife and I've got three kids and two dogs and a house and, you know, what I mean, so and they're important, too. So I want to spend time with them and I want to make sure that they know that, I'm, you know, I care about what's in their lives and that makes them happy, too. So as a entrepreneur, I think any business person, it's that balance, right? How do you strike Balance, and I do like some time by myself. Yeah, right. And so it's just trying to make. So to answer your question, it's not. I wouldn't say it's it's hard. It's just that it's just, it's constant balance, right? Yep. It's constant weights and measures. And I am just trying to. You know, at times I feel like I make a mistake. Like maybe I should have given that more attention at the moment, but I was giving something else that was demanding my attention at the moment too.
0: People ask ask all the time about balance, and I tell them there really is no balance. Some days you are really really good at life, and some days you are really really bad at life. But every day you wake up, you've got a new. Start. So you start it over. Do. Move it yeah. forward. You're not going to balance that day either. You know, might be seventy on and thirty percent off, or thirty percent on and seventy percent off. But it's okay to not have the balance. I tell people. It you is. You just do the best you can. It is. And, and sometimes and try to fix
1: as the, you go.
0: The fires that are burning the hottest are usually the ones you put out. Everything else kind of just smolders there for a little it, bit until you figure it out. It, so. does.
1: it does. And that's great. That's great advice because it's true. You can't. You just can't. You can't gauge the day.
0: You just can't. Yeah. You can't. And and we put so much pressure on ourselves, I think, to balance it. and It's never going to be balanced. Correct. So we're getting to the end of our time. Sure. What is next for Scott Carlson? Uh, you always have your hands spinning in something. Tell us a little bit about what you see kind of in the next year for you. You
1: know, I don't know. Um, I'm on a couple of boards. I'm on the National Restaurant Association board. I'm on the I Restaurant Association board. I was just at the Mitchieville prison this week, you know, doing some yeah. interviewing uh, skills with the ladies there that are going to be coming out um, of the, uh, into the work world, you know, from prison. You know, I think you know i 'm pushing pushing fifty here soon you know um, i don 't know I think you know it 's probably for me doing doing some things for the more for the community right i 've done a lot of things for my industry i 've done a lot of things uh, i 've done tons of charity work within Des Moines you know and that kind of stuff, but you know I think the next step is you know what what can I do to maybe help on a kind of greater scale um, I got to do some traveling to Kosovo on on an economic kind of envoy yeah. and talk to a lot of small startups and education and business. And I feel like I have a gift, you know, there where I can talk to people about, encouraging them to take the next step and how to finance themselves on a small on a small scale. Um and just kind of moving forward. So I you know, I don't know. I don't know. I you know, I have some diplomacy work would be great on that kind of on that kind of front. I travel as a kid, so I don't mind travel. You know, I like people any kind, you know, as far as they're all pretty easy as long as you're nice to them, they're nice to you you know, kind of concept. So it'd be great to do some of that kind of work. You know, my kids are getting older now, so I don't, they you are. know, there's not as much demand at home. Uh, and uh, we'll see. I don't know. That's a great question. I don't know. I think that's part of being a small business entrepreneur too. You don't always have, you know, the next step. You just kind of grab on to what makes you exciting, excited.
0: I think so too. Well, Scott Carlson, thanks for being part of Startup Stories today.
1: All right. Thank you for having me. That was great.
0: Thanks for listening to Small Business and Startup Stories DSM Podcast. Inspired by these stories? We offer a hub full of resources needed for any small business owner to grow and succeed in Greater Des Moines, Iowa at dsmpartnership.com backslash small business. Thanks for listening.